Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gears, bringing you another episode of Locked On Wolfpack. And folks, we have a very special guest in the house. It is always great to have fellow members of the Locked On Podcast Network in the house. And it's even better when I can get a knowledgeable member, not saying that all aren't knowledgeable, but a particularly knowledgeable member about college sports ad nauseum or as at large and uh, his college, which happens to be Boston College. Now, we're going to get into... Uh, what's going on here. But before I do, I've got to introduce you all to my guest for the day, AJ Black. How you doing, AJ? Kenton, thanks for having me on. I'm really looking forward to talking about this game because it's one that I think it's one of the best games of the ACC this year. Absolutely. And not only not only do me and AJ share the Locked On Podcast Network, but AJ and I also share that we both wrote for Sports Illustrated at one point in time. Yep. Uh, so that's another thing that me and AJ have in common. Hopefully, we have a lot in common today. But I, I got my I got my fighting gloves ready. If if we All gotta right. duke it out this episode, I'm ready to do that. Okay. In the words I'm, in the words of Ricky Bobby, I play for keeps. <laughs> I, I'm ready for a good one. Let's go for it, Kenton. <laughs> All righty. So what we're gonna do in this episode is a little bit different than anything I've ever done before. But again, you make special uh, they as they say. You make exceptions for exceptional people, and AJ Black is nothing short of that. So we're going to go position group by position group breakdown, and then we will do uh, we will do the predictions at the end. So first of all, let me start by saying I agree. This game has all the potential in the world to be a, a great matchup. And I've said all along, even before we lost to Mississippi State, but especially after, the next three weeks after Furman will tell us what this NC State team is made of. Um, and the, my listeners who, your regulars, you've heard me talk about this ad nauseum. I've talked about uh, Clemson being, are we ready for the big moment? Louisiana Tech for can we bounce back or can we recover from um, a win in the big moment? And Boston College being the team that at that point, if we win both of those games, we will be the hunted instead of the hunters. So with that being said, it'll be very interesting to see how we react uh, to a team that is a little closer to our level, physically, of course, in Boston College, who's always been a physically big team. So, with that being said, we're going to start this thing off uh, in the trenches, okay? Because I'm a former lineman, former defensive lineman. I love to get it going in the trenches. Like I said, we're going to do offense, special teams first, then defense, then predictions. So, Offensive line-wise, who do you think has the edge in this matchup? Whose offensive line do you say theirs is a little bit better, ours is a little bit better, or is it a push? I Wow, you went right for the went for the jugular on this one, Ken, because this is like – these are the two best offensive lines, I think, in the ACC right now. I love what NC State has up front. I think BC is returning, you know, five hogs up front that are uh, very good as well. So, for me, it's a push. But – what I think the big difference here is NC State's defensive line will give BC's offensive line more of a trouble than BC's defensive line against NC State's offensive line. So I think in the end, you'll see a better, cleaner game out of the Wolf Pack than you will be than you will out of BC. But I still think they both will have a good game. You know, see, this is this is the problem when you have folks that are very serious about what they do on the show. Because I was hoping to get them to say some malarkey and some nonsense just so we could disagree. But I absolutely agree that this is a push. While Ika McQuando is one of the best and most feared offensive linemen in the nation, while Grant Gibson is one of the best centers 
in the nation as a whole, when it comes to what makes an offensive line good, I mean, physicality and the ability to just maul people is something that Boston College has had back to the Adazio days and even before that. I don't ever remember a time where I thought to myself, the weakness of this Boston College team, their offensive line can't block a soul. I don't ever yeah. remember that being the case. And so with that being said, they're, like you said, returning five guys who have playing experience, who are big physical guys in the, the system that they're running, especially with Jerkovich going down, I'd have to say it is a push. So from the big guys, we're going to go to the smallest guys on the team or, or, you know, generally the smaller guys on the team. We're going to go out wide with it. Receiving core wise, who do you think has the edge? And pass catchers are included in this, so tight ends as well. So, I think it's oh man, it's it, like every I, I'm gonna be such a lousy guess, Kenton, because I'm going again with a push here because Amika Amizi I like a lot, but I also like Zay Flowers. He's one of the most dynamic uh, wide receivers in the ACC. Um, you know, BC has Trey Berry, who's a preseason. Uh, not sorry, a, he was an All American. FCS All American. Yep last year um and they've got some really nice complimentary wide receivers on bc so that being said i like the wide receivers at bc however i give the edge again to nc state because i think i like how devin leary can get the ball better to them than i do with dennis Grossell. you know here's here's the thing i think if we're talking about in specific situations or just best for best I would honestly say that Zay Flowers is a guy that his big play potential and what he can do with the ball in his hands would make him better than anything we have pass catching wise. I think that he is the best talent wise uh, receiver or pass catcher that we're going to see in this game. But here's, here's my caveat here. After him, I get a lot of drop off. Trey Berry is a, a good pass catching tight end. Um, like you said, FCS All-American. He's no joke. He's no joke. But with that being said, his inability to be attached to the end of the line of scrimmage as a blocker, it's going to hurt Boston College a little bit because the 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 recipe for Boston College winning this game is uh, Garro left, Garro right, Garro yep. up the middle. That's that's yep. the that's the recipe. And and with a situation where I'm looking at. I don't know if you can be trusted as a blocker on the edge to block a Daniel Joseph, to block a Drake Thomas, to block a Vi Jones. I It's, it's going to be tough there. So I think that NC State has the edge because of the depth, because you go from, I, if I'm going to give, I'm say I'm going to say Zay is the best pass catcher. But then after that, the next three guys, I think are all NC State. I think you've got Emeka. I think you've got uh, Devin. And I think you've got Thayer. And then you might get Trey. Yeah, no, I, I think it's fair to say you get Trey Berry being the fifth best in this game. So that's that's what I'm looking at um, as far as that goes. And that's why I'm going to give NC State the nod. And but then, don't sleep on uh, Jaden Williams, though. He's a true freshman wide receiver. He's got three touchdowns already. I, think, you know, I totally agree he's not in the top four there. But I think he's a name you'll want to watch out for because he is a good compliment to Zay Flowers. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. The, the thing about it is what people often forget to realize is when you have a dynamic playmaker like Zay Flowers, he opens it up for everybody else because you're going to yep. double him. You're going to double yep. him. If you, if you want to play him one-on-one all game with this attacking 3-3-5 we've got, 
Go ahead and strike up the band. I don't know what Boston College's fight song is named, but just go ahead. Get them ready. It's what? It's for Boston. For Boston. Get for Boston ready because they're going to be playing it all night. And so you open it up for the gentleman that you just mentioned, for the Trey Berries of the world, and that's, that's the situation there. So now we'll go to the backfield. What are you thinking is the logic here? So I like, again, like this is what I like about this game is that there's so many good matchups here. I, you know, Ricky Persons and and um, and uh, Patrick Garwo, I think, are, are excellent uh, running backs. I like how these teams set up. Um, I think, you know, obviously you said it already, like BC, they're going to be they, – they had to adjust what their offensive scheme was going into this game, uh, going into the season after Djokovic went down. They were going to go into this game – you know, into the season with, you know, four wide receivers, Trey Berry, they're going to spread everything out, try to let Djokovic pick teams apart. He goes down. All of a sudden now, BC's back to being a power running team again. It kind of like back to those old Adazio uh, teams or to the, even, the, the, you know, the Tom O'Brien or um, some of those older teams. And Patrick Garwo, I, I have said it over and over again on my show. I was dead wrong on how good he is because I said at the beginning of the season and I heard from his dad because <laughs> I said his dad sent me a message like, hey, you're sleeping on my son. And I said, you know, I, you know, I just haven't seen enough of him, but I have been so wrong about what he's able to do. Um, He's really impressed me. And I think he, he's a good compliment um, to what BC is wanting to wants to do. But, you know, I, I think both teams are going to be able to run this ball and I'm, I'm excited to see. Uh, who has has the edge? I'm going to give the edge a little bit to BC here, but it's not by much. Here's here's my thing. I I think that when you're looking at the backs in this game, it's really one A, one B, one C. Ricky Persons is by far the the strongest, most powerful back of the three. Yep. Uh, Bam Knight is the most explosive of the three, but Garwo brings a good combination of both, and he's the most consistent of the three. I think yep. that it'd be fair to say, game in, game out, he has he has been good at finding his spots. Except for, I want to say, against Clemson, he had a real tough time. And there was another game that you all dominated in, but but it was, I want to say, he had about 17 carries for like 30-some yards. or By Temple, I think. Temple, like, yes. Temple yep. did a great job of, of reeling them in. But even in that situation, he didn't give the ball up. And to me... Yep. Bam has put the ball on the ground too much this year for me to say he's head and shoulders above these guys. And Ricky has displayed a little bit of everything. He's displayed a do-everything type of thing. But Garwo has done that as well to an extent. And he's been um, very consistent in doing so. And at the end of the day, in all the important games this year, the offense will go as Garwo Garwo goes. So the offense being placed on his shoulders and him still performing, that says something there. But two is better than one at the end of the day. Two is better than one. If we're talking about who I would see the most production out of their starting back, I wouldn't be willing to bet my house that, oh, there's no way that that our that Garwo outproduces our starter. But when you're talking about two guys who can do a lot of everything or who can do a good chunk of the thing, different things you'd ask a running back to do, I'm going to go ahead and say, hey, at the end of the day, I'm I'm going to give NC State an edge there because we've got two guys. And even beyond those two, 
I think that Jordan Houston at times when he's been called in, uh, in very limited stretches, he's looked very good as well. So the last spot that we're going to go, and I saved this one for last intentionally because I knew it would be the shortest, is quarterback. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to jump in to start this one off by saying it's not really fair because y'all's guy is gone. Y'all, yep. the actual guy is gone. Grossell isn't terrible. I don't think he's bad by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but I think he's like average, maybe a little below average at times. But I don't I don't think that he's a bad quarterback in any way, shape, form, or fashion. But Devin Leary is just a guy who has shown, and I believe that he's shown consistently, he's going to put the ball where it needs to go. Early in the season, he struggled with accuracy a little, or not accuracy. He struggled with the ability to throw the deep ball early in the season, which was very surprising for me because that's supposed to be Devin Leary's specialty. But then when you realize getting back into it off of um, a broken leg and having the ability to throw the ball deep in live game time situations for the first time in almost a, a calendar year, you're going to be a little rusty. And he's he's kind of figured that out. He's thrown a lot of great deep balls that have been dropped this year, but I think that we've got the edge in the quarterback battle by a, a, a decent amount. Absolutely. I would agree with you there. And I, I think Boston College fans are still struggling with, I mean, what was the last play that Dennis Grossell did was cost them the game against Clemson. That was a brutal way to lose a game, um, you know, to fumble a, a snap like that. He is, he is what he is. He's not, you know, he, he's had games. He threw for 520 yards against Virginia last year, but he also has maddening games where like, you know, he threw in a triple coverage in the first pass of the game against Mizzou. He gets, he gets a little too excited at times. And so a game at, at against a, 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 a divisional rival, if you want to call them a rival, or a team that has a good history against BC, uh, at night with a loud cr- crowd, I worry a little bit about his his ability to like control his emotions because he gets himself too excited and he makes bad reads and he makes mistakes because if he settles in, he's okay. You saw that on that last drive against Clemson. Grossell just saw what he took, saw what he had in front of him, took what he could get, and he moved them down the field. But Absolutely. then he got a little bit. He got a little bit excited, and then things fell apart. And so, I I, I totally agree with you, Kenton. Like I I would say Devin Leary is a clear favorite over over Grossell in this game. And it, you know, for Boston College fans, they're all they they keep going back to it was should have been Jerkovic, but you got to play with what you got in front of them. And Grossell is better than a lot of backups in the league at this mm-hmm. point, but mm-hmm. he's not he's not Devin Leary. Trust me, as a as a guy who had to watch Bailey Hockman, who I believe is out of football altogether now, uh, be the starter for a good chunk of our season last year, I understand. I can relate. And and the Tom O'Brien Bowl is a big game, okay? Mm-hmm. So don't let anybody lie to you and tell you it's not. Especially in a year like this where the ACC at large and the Atlantic is more open than it's ever been. I mean, this game... Now, if if I if I got this correct, I believe you said offensive line is a push, uh, wide receiver, wide receiving core, top to bottom. I believe you said NC State has a slight edge in that. Yes, yep. no, okay, yep. slight edge there. Um, running back you gave to BC and quarterback uh, NC State, and yep. I w- I agree with you on offensive line receiver. I gave us a slight edge in running back, and we both agreed on quarterback. These these picks so far have been easy. We'll see how this thing goes on defense because I think defense is a little little tougher, a little more dicey to gauge. But one thing that's always easy is prize picks. Prize picks is is a great 
daily college fantasy made easy situation. I love this and I know you will too. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world. And they offer all the star players of Power 5 as well as mid-major players that you might not have ever heard of. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns or even interceptions thrown. All of the users that uh, that use promo code LOCKEDON will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Price Picks is just you versus the projected numbers. And it is in both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code locked on or go to the app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Now, we were supposed to fit special teams in there as well. So I'm gonna ask you about that now because I I I we time got away from us there. But in special teams, I'm gonna give it um two different segments or two different parts rather. Kicking game, return game, okay? Kicking game, who do you believe has the edge? I am a big fan of what Boston College has been able to do in kicking. Uh, Grant Carlson, their punter, has been an actual asset for them. He leads the ACC in kicking with averaging 48 yards per punt, I believe it is. Um, and they have a new uh, freshman punter who nailed a 49-yarder uh, earlier. So I am a big fan of the way BC's kicking. I'll give them a little edge here. You know, here's the thing. Normally, I would be, I would be hesitant to say, "Oh, our kicking team with Trenton Gill, there's somebody that's better than us." Our kicking team with, uh, I and I cannot. This gentleman's name is is slipping my mind. Our kicker's name is slipping my mind for whatever reason at this moment. Christopher Dunn. Christopher Dunn. Thank you so very much for that. Normally, yep. I would say, "Hey, Christopher Dunn, you know, can't get much better." He went 80% in his sophomore year. Ever since then, he's fallen off a cliff, more or less. Against Clemson, had he done his job to any modicum or any degree of decency, it's easy. We're now looking at, oh, it's okay. We've, We've got this game in the bag easily. So, with that being said, I think that, um, I think that this is a situation where, not only is your guy leading, not only is um, is Grant Carlson leading the ACC in punting yards, but he's just outside the top half in uh, punts that have been downed inside the 20. He's got one more than Trenton Gill with his um, nine to Trenton Gill's eight. And you, you all's kicker, the kicking situation over there, tell me about it a little bit. So six for six on kickers. So basically they had Danny Longman, who's a senior, kind of a walk-on. He started the season two and for two. They had a four or five-star kicker named Connor Lighton, who's a freshman. Uh, He had his first kick, which was a 49-yarder against Missouri uh, to end the first half and then hit another one later in the game. He's four for four. Uh, So he's been been lights out. And, you know, if you followed Boston College football, especially during the Adazio years, the – Place kicking was a disaster for BC. Mm-hmm. It was just, you know, there was mm-hmm. that pinstripe bowl game against Penn State where they missed an extra point in overtime. They're, they've had those issues, but with Jeff Halfley there, they've kind of cleaned all that up. Their new uh, special teams coordinator, Matt Thurin, who came from Ohio State, 
has really kind of put that program together, and it, it's it's been playing at a much higher level. So right now, they're six for six for field goals. I'll tell you what. There's only four guys in the ACC that have uh, not missed a field goal on the year, and two of them belong to Wake. I'm in two Boston College. I got to give Boston College the nod in the kicking game. Return game. What are you thinking? I I would go with NC State here. Um, BC has a guy, Travis Levy, who's been at BC seemingly for six years now because of the COVID rules, um, who is solid. He had a good kickoff return touchdown against um, UMass, but he earned uh, ACC Player of the Year a week for that. But I was stunned with that because two plays before that, he also took a um, a punt to the face uh, and fumbled it that UMass took to the one yard line. So he's kind of inconsistent to me. He's also not anything super spectacular. So I would go with NC State here. You know, I'm I'm going to give us a nod as well in that regard. Um, only because only because Thayer Thomas can do some special things with the ball in terms of kick in terms of punt returns. We don't return kicks at all for yep. the most part here, which is you know. Interesting. It's a choice, but we do well enough with it. Uh, So overall special teams, I will say that Boston College and NC State are looking like Boston is taking Boston College is taking a slight edge there. I'll give the Eagles a slight nod there. What are you what do you say? Yeah, I mean, slight edge. You know, if, if it's a defensive battle. With punting, I think that's a, a good sign for BC with Brent Carlson. But you know, if um, if if it's on kick returns and, and the ability to move the ball, I, watch out because I, I I could see NC State making some big plays there. Oh, absolutely! If this game turns into a uh, a track meet on on a football field, I I think that we'll be all right. Although I don't think that's how this thing will play out. But now let's talk about defense. I always got to show love to my big fellows. Always got to show love to the trenches. Defensive line-wise, who are you giving the edge to? I'm going to give this the edge to NC State because the biggest concern for me going into this game for Boston College is their ability to get after the quarterback. They've mm-hmm. gone games and games and games without a sack. And, you know, the one weakness that we've seen with Devin Leary is if you get in his face and can, you know, you can you can rush four guys and get to him, you can make plays. But BC doesn't have that. They don't have they don't have the Harold Landry. They don't have the Zach Allen got, you know, going back even more like BJ Raji that can do those types of things. You know, Marcus Valdez is a good defensive end, but he can't do it alone. That's going to make BC have to blitz to get after Devin Leary. And I think that's going to cause bigger issues. I think NC State's, you know, defensive line, they're going to be able to do more things against BC, especially with Grossell, who seems to get into some issues when there's a guy in his face. So I'm going to give NC State the edge here. The thing that I find so interesting about this defensive line matchup is I am, as a defensive lineman, I don't like the 3-3-5 at all. It is a despicable defense, if you ask me. <laughs> yep. But, but. NC State has surprisingly found a way to generate pressure with three players a lot this year, yep. which it may say something. That may be an indictment of some of the offensive lines we play, which I don't – of all the teams that we've played so far, I think that by far Boston College is the best offensive line. But it may say something about what our defensive line uh, can do as far as getting upfield and disrupting because losing an Aline McNeil, you lose a guy who – makes game plans fall apart in the run game 
and he had a little pass rush juice as well. But we are now more disruptive up front, which is very, very interesting there. So I, I agree that I think we have uh, the better, better defensive line. Now, linebacking core, what say you, AJ? So if Peyton Wilson was still healthy, I would give you guys the giant edge here. Again, with BC, they're there. BC's defense is like it's there, but it hasn't like evolved to where Jeff Halfley wants it to be. You know, he's a defensive minded coach. He wants things to go a certain way. He's he's evolved the linebacking group to a, a different a different style than Boston College has been used to. You know, you're used to seeing at BC guys like Luke Keekley, Mark Herzlig, the big physical linebackers that can move all over the place. You know, he's going for a lot of these tweeners now. So guys that can play safety, the guys that can play linebacker. Um, and, and adding them into the mix uh, to what he's doing. So they have Isaiah Graham Mobley back there. He is a transfer from Temple. He's definitely the most talented guy in the front seven for BC. Absolutely. Um, I love the way he plays. He plays with, like, like you know, his shirt's on fire. He's definitely um, doing very well. And then next to him will be Cam Arnold, who was a safety last year. They moved him to, to, to linebacker. Also very good. The big issue for me with linebackers, they're playing very well, but – in pass coverage, they're, they've been an issue. And it's been a, something that I've seen a lot with Halfley. Like, the middle of the field for a lot of the times, they've had some problems with some of that short and intermediate stuff. And I, I think that's an issue. And I like the way – I've I've been impressed with NC State's defense for years now. I think they've had – even when you lose the potential defensive player of the year in Peyton Wilson, they're still playing well. So I'll give it to NC State. And the guy who was supposed to win player of the year last year because he had more solo tackles than the guy who actually won it had total tackles. Very Mm -hmm. interesting fact about that ACC player of the year race last year. But anywho, um, back to this game. So I think that our linebacking core has an edge uh, because, like you said, even without Peyton Wilson, we still have two guys that are top 25 in the conference in tackles in Drake Thomas and Isaiah Moore. And a lot of people said that 3-3-5 inflates your linebacker stats a little bit but Drake Thomas and Isaiah Moore are both guys that they they do so many things so well and it's not only that I don't believe that just fighters make fights it's the styles that make the fights and the thing about Boston College and their tweener linebackers is they are very good when asked to come downhill because when people look at you and say oh this is a transformed safety. He's probably not going to be as big as what I'm going to see. They instantly develop that complex of, oh, really? Watch yep. this. And they do it well. They When those guys are coming forward downhill, they do it well. The problem is, like you said, when they're asked to drop back, mm, eh, I'm not saying that y'all linebackers turn like Buicks, but it it it's not as what you'd like to see hip mobility-wise out of your uh, starting linebackers in the ACC. So I agree. I, I agree that NC States has the uh, edge there. The last unit, defensive backs. What are you thinking? Okay, so I I am – my soft spot for BC, sport, uh, BC football this year is their secondary. I'm going to give it to BC because I – Jeff Halfley, that's his that's his bread and butter, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he he's a secondary coach. He coached – um, Richard Sherman, Darrell, Darrell Revis, that those are his guys. And you saw it against Clemson. I know DJ Uagalale, he struggled and he does not look like the same quarterback, but 
BC last week or two weeks ago against Clemson made it very clear to those wide receivers that they were not going to let them do anything. And Clemson's wide receivers were like, Hey, I'm backing off on this. They did not look interested in making plays when it, when it was there. Yeah. So I, I like Brandon Sebastian. I like uh, Josh DeBerry. Um, and it, this is going to be my homer pick. I'm going to go with Boston college on this one. I'm going to, I like how they're playing. I think they're going to be a good group. And, um, you know, if the, if BC has a chance, this is the group that needs to play very well. So here's the thing. I a lot of people have said that I've been too hard on our DBs, and I don't care. I'm going to continue to do so because I tell people reality. I don't sell fairy tales here. I don't do that. Never have, never will. If you want a bedtime story, go to Disney Plus. They got a ton of them. They're very good. They're very quality stories. <laughs> This ain't the place. Borders closed down a long time ago as well, so you can't go there no more. You better find your way to a Barnes and Nobles or Disney Plus because we're going to tell you reality here. And honestly, our defensive backfield has been good. I'll say they've been good at times, but there have also been times where I'm like, young man, what are you doing? That receiver is nothing special, and you don't know what to do in the moment of truth. Yep. The the thing that I will say is a huge improvement from last year. We have not seen the same amount of busted coverages, which goes along with us not having the same amount of injuries on the back end and us having uh, an experience or more experienced secondary than we had last year. So that's to be that's a given. They've done a good job for that. I know people say don't applaud a fish for swimming, but last year this fish was out of water. So we're going to be happy <laughs> that they swimming. But with yep. that being said, Boston College's defensive backfield has shown up big time all season, all season. And and granted, I tell people oftentimes about Boston College, the books are a little cooked because some of the teams, some of the competition they played against, Clemson, like you said, their offenses looked disjointed all year. The receivers didn't make plays when DJ did put it in the right spot. For whatever reason, their offensive coordinator runs loving that loves running that quarterback power that takes three years to develop in the backfield. Um, And they just seem disjointed. They have fumble snaps, all that other good stuff. They had a tough time. Boston College's defensive backs contributed to that. The only game where I don't think that Boston College's defensive backs look great was against Missouri. But guess what? These are 18 to 22-year-olds. Nobody's going to have a great game all the time. Even uh, Nick Saban down there at Alabama. There was a lot of and, charges getting revoked after last week. I'm just saying. And and they didn't have a good game, but how did Boston College win that game? They exactly. won on an interception by Brandon Sebastian in the end zone where he outleaped, you know, Missouri's wide receiver to get it. So, you know, they didn't – they weren't consistent that whole game, and I totally agree with you because I was – as if watching that, you're like, what the hell is going on? But at the end of the day, they made the play that need, they needed to make to win the game. It was like the uh, the, the Packers-Cardinals game where both offenses were moving yep. up and down the field, both put up 50 points. How did it end? Carlos Dansby with a, uh, a, a fumble recovery touchdown. Same situation here. Same yep. situation. Yep. This, the defensive backfield made plays when they had to. I don't know if our defensive backfield makes that play. I'm I'm just saying. Even if we look at the game against Clemson, that pass to Justin Ross could have been placed better and he still could have caught that ball. That was more so Clemson not being prepared for the big moment to make that play than it was us. He just didn't seem very interested in, in laying it all out for that pass. So, I agree. I give Boston College a nod there. 
So we both got Boston College defensive backfield as being better. We both believe that NC State has the advantage in linebackers and defensive line, correct? Or no? Yep, absolutely. Okay. I'm right up over there. there. All righty. So I think that we've, we're, we're in unison for most of this, but we've still got predictions coming. Don't worry. The buildup will be worth it. And another thing that's worth it is Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever with nine amazing flavors plus the occasional limited time flavors. If you haven't tried Built Bar yet, you're missing out. I don't know what to tell you. They've got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. You name it, they've got it. So there's something for everyone. My favorite is the grasshopper cookie. It's a limited timer, but man, that thing is delicious. Not only are these bars good to you, they're good for you. With up to 17 or 18 grams of protein per bar and only 130 to 180 calories per bar with only four to five grams of sugar or net carbs. Again, all of these numbers are not per serving and there's five servings per bar. This is per bar, folks. So these things, whether you want to lose weight or... or uh, Maintain your weight. Whatever goals you have, you can accomplish them with Built Bar. Order today and get that raspberry, mint, brownie, or whatever it is that you like. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So we're about to land this thing. But before we get up out of here, AJ, I need your prediction on this season. Okay? I mean, not on this season. On this game. You've got two four and one teams coming in. Who's gonna come out up four and two, and who's gonna come out five and one? Okay, so I, I have two hats I'm wearing here, Kenton. Because, like, first of all, you know, if you look at the statistics, right? I would take NC State in this game um, because I think Devin Leary to me is the the difference maker. I think he gives them the edge in this game, and I think he'll find what he needs against this defense. Now that being said. Alumni Stadium on a night game is weird. <laughs> and that's the only way I can put it. It's a weird place to play. Weird things happen. Boston College has won games against USC, Florida State, Miami. They win games at night, and it's going to be rainy and gross. So it, it, for me, it, it goes down to the running backs, and it goes down to the, the offensive line. So it could be anyone's game. And that if, if everything is similar there, for me, the home field advantage gives the edge to BC. And so I'm going to give Boston College the edge based on a night game at home with the the conditions that they're going to be at, because I'm looking at it right now. It says it's going to rain all Saturday. I think they're going to get a little slight edge here. It's going to be a crazy game. I, I'm, expect, I'm expecting an exciting one, something low scoring, something like 24-21 BC. Okay. All right. I'm going to tell you this. And I and I hope that nobody takes this the wrong way because anybody who's ever been to any Boston sporting event should know this. Boston College fans talk a different level of trash. Like, it's not like, oh, you guys suck, or like, oh, your team is terrible. They research who you are <laughs> as an individual. And the things that they say, I cannot repeat on this show because I want to keep my clean rating. But there was one incident where something was said and I was just like, yo, these, how you know that? You the FBI? <laughs> Y'all in the FBI? What's going on here? And um, I'm going to leave it at that. And that that can get into a player's head. But everybody says that this NC State team is super mature. I have said all along that these three weeks will determine who this NC State team is. 
And honestly, with everything we've seen this year, with the witching hours that we've seen this year, I think NC State being stable is, which is has been against everything that we've been for years, is going to be one of the byproducts of that. I think that we will also, I agree that we'll see a low scoring game. I think NC State comes out on top, 27-17. I think that'll be the score. We will see who's right. Now, I've picked against NC State once this season, and uh, they they showed up for a win. I've picked with them three times this season, and um, they've or I've picked with them four times this season, and they only let me down once. So who sees? Who knows how this thing will go? Um, we love to see it. Anywho, thank you so much, AJ, for coming out. I appreciate it, man. It's been a great episode. I gotta have you on more. I'm, I'm gonna have you on during basketball season because apparently. Y'all's coach, everybody loves him. Everybody loves y'all coach uh, who spoke to him at media day. So we got to talk about that. But it's, it was great having you on, AJ. Kenton, thanks for having me on. I had a great time. And uh, yeah, definitely. It, it'll be a different it'll be a different experience when we talk basketball because Boston College, they've got, as you said, Earl Grant is definitely going in the right direction, but they've got some roads to go. And they're going to be in the bottom of the ACC probably this year, but we'll have some fun talking about it anyways. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you all so very much for coming out and listening. I appreciate it every single time. The numbers keep going up only because y'all choose to come out and listen to uh, this podcast. We're probably your first listen in the morning, and I appreciate that. All right. Peace and love, y'all. And as always, go Pack.